I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Hello there, and happy Monday, and welcome to the next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito. And y'all are in for a huge treat today. Um, I got such awesome feedback. You know, when I had my kids on the show, um, one of the recommendations they had for me was to listen to the people <laughs> and, 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 and whatever they want, that's what I should do. And so uh, one of my first episodes was with my counselor, my therapist named Janice Gant, and we talked all about sex. And um, I got so much feedback about how much people loved it and how much they learned and and how I had one high school friend reach out to me and say, oh. my wife says I need to listen to a podcast <laughs> to you and it's about sex and I'm a little weirded out because <laughs> we've known each other That's since great. we were kids. Um, anyway, uh, Janice and I had an awesome conversation. I loved it. And it was all about sex. And um, right after our episode, we both got in the car and called each other and said, oh, we should have talked about this. And, oh, we could have talked about that. And and I said, well, why don't I just get you on for part two? And I feel like we're probably going to have part three and part four. <laughs> I'm going to have to start paying I'm you. I'm so flattered. <laughs> well, you're just such, you give such good insight. You say such good, helpful things. And y'all, let me tell you something. Janice is not cheap. And if you go, well, you, first of all, you can't even get into her uh, to see her. And, and if you are lucky enough to get in, you pay a whole bunch. It's worth every penny. Um, Thank you. So this is like... There, you're really the listener is very lucky today to get this session with you without having to go to your office and and pay you. That's and, nice. And they get in. That's a great commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you don't need it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so um, one of the things that we talked about um, when we called each other after the first episode is is kind of how how it would be really helpful. Um, for the listener to maybe, we talked about some of the good things about sex and some of the struggles, you know, normal struggles with, mm -hmm. with sex and surrounding sex. Um, and a great advice, you give great advice about when to have sex and how precious it should be and all that stuff. Um, but today we're going to focus a little bit more on the shadow side, the dark, the right. darker sides of sex and how um, sex for for a lot of people, for a lot of different reasons, um, there's can be some pain around that or heartache yes. and hurt. And um, for lots and lots of reasons, whether it's because you've been cheated on or abused or or um, you've been too casual about it, you have regret right. about it. So, um, so the first thing that we're going to talk about um, is libido. Great. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> okay. So, um, so... Let's start this part with you explaining what is the what is libido. Libido is the desire for stimulating sex, 
uh, heavy petting. It's more than just the emotional. There's a physical component to it. So it's a brain chemistry thing. And it's a really important part of sex in particular because it because of the ultimate orgasm that people will have as a result of that if things are done in a way that works or if they don't have any of the impairments that are going on in their bodies or in their brains that are can affect the libido. And so it really is more just the desire and almost like a yearning for it, a craving for it. Mm-hmm. And so th- it, this is, when somebody says he has... What is the word? Strong libido? Good right. libido? She right. has no libido? Right. Strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that just means, I mean, in so many words, how easy it is for you to get turned on. Right. Is that right? Right. And how often you think about it. Mm. So men uh, in particular will think about, I don't remember exactly what the number is, but they say that men will listen, think about sex, I don't know. 40 times during a day or something like that. And women will do it, think about sex maybe three times a day, if, if even that. And I think that there is a difference between men and women and the because a lot of that is about testosterone. Mm. You know, women have testosterone, a lot of women. And um, as you grow older, that testosterone tends to leave your body. And testosterone is definitely a driver of libido. Mm-hmm. So For both men and women. For both men and women. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of the thing that happens with women is after they have babies and after they go through menopause, they may their hormone levels may drop. And so they don't have as much of a libido because if they don't have the testosterone in their body. There's a big movement now with pellets that, and a lot of women will have pellets that are inserted. They, the doctor will do just a very tiny incision, and in, usually it's done in the buttocks, and mm-hmm. and then they'll implant these little pellets of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Mm-hmm. And then you have to continue to monitor your blood levels of those hormones. And they can that can have a huge difference in a woman's libido. Mm. I actually did that for several years, and um, and it, I had a hysterectomy years ago, so I had basically very low levels of uh, hormones, and so I did that for a while. And when I was doing it, and was was having some testosterone in my body, there was a I could feel a difference in my libido. Mm. My children will be horrified when they listen to this. <laughs> they don't want me to talk about that. But I am human too. Of course. And it, so it was great, you know, mm. but there was a definite difference. And it was interesting because it gave me this whole new kind of understanding and compassion about men mm. and where mm. that sex drive comes from. And now a lot of men are having some testosterone uh shots and things like that to increase their their not to increase their libido but to increase their testosterone and it will increase their libido that affects your right uh, your desire right to, right to right have sex right right and so i i i mean it was i actually liked that but i started growing a beard <laughs> You wanted to have more sex with your husband, and he did not want to even get close to you. Well, it wasn't that bad. But I did notice that I was getting these dark hairs around my chin, and I was like, okay, I got to (laughs) choose. 
I still have a desire for my husband even without the testosterone, but I got off the, That is hysterical. Yeah, I guess vanity won over. Uh, always. always. Vanity always wins. Yeah. So so let me ask you, if you, you could put like a scale number on it just to give us a reference. If from zero to ten, if zero is you have no sex drive right. and ten is you're you're thinking about it like a fourteen year old boy uh-huh. or fifteen year old boy, where where did you fall without the pellet and where did you fall with the pellet? Well, without the pellet I would say I was probably at a four okay. or five. You know, mm-hmm. I mean my husband and I have a really good relationship and he's very tender and he's very kind and so we don't argue really. We don't we never, ever, ever fight. So we have such a good relationship that I am really drawn to him physically. I mean, mm. I think he's a great kisser, and I mm. like looking at him and all of those things. So I uh, am with with the pellets, though. I was probably like a eight. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Strong. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now, did he like that so much better? Like, Well, it, he didn't really necessarily say he liked it better, but he didn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, sorry, not. girls. <laughs> <laughs> you mean sorry your daughters yeah <laughs> that's adorable yeah yeah um okay so so there's this i've heard that this theory that you know guys have this huge sex drive when they're younger right you know girls do as well of course right, and then right. the, and then we hit our 20s 30s women um, you know the the sex drive for men usually stays relatively the same. Women, uh, theirs goes down twenties, thirties, but then there's this up. You know, there's this increase in forties. I I don't know where I've heard this or where right. I've read this, but that women's sex drive increases in their forties. Is that true? Is I there do some think truth that's that? true. Yes, yes. I think a lot of women have an increase in their sex drive. And I don't know if it's because, you know, when you're in your thirties, there's a lot of stressors in your mm-hmm. life. You have little bitty children. Mm-hmm. You're not getting much sleep. And mm-hmm. I think we talked about this last time that women, when they're when they're tired, it's really not what they want to do. Right. Men are different when they're tired. They're good to go, a lot of them, you know. And so I think that there is, when life gets a little more stable, I think a lot of people will have an increase in sex drive. And then as people get older and their hormones start to deplete, they may have a lowering of their of their libido. I also think that exercise is a huge, hugely important thing mm. to keep your libido high. That's and good. I think that that's what happens sometimes with older people mm-hmm. is they stop exercising and mm-hmm. they gain weight. And so they're, they don't, they're not a, in as good of cardiovascular shape mm-hmm. and that will have a diff, that will make a difference also. Are there, are there exercises that you would recommend to that will, I mean, do you need to get your heart rate up or like, yeah. is there any... I think you need to get your heart rate up. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are some Kegel exercises that women can do that will keep... Because after you have a baby, mm-hmm. you know, your vaginal area is really different. Mm-hmm. And so in order to kind of keep that a little tighter... Mm-hmm. And now there's that process, I can't remember what it's called, where they go in and it kind of tightens mm-hmm. you up a I've little bit. something about that. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I haven't really talked with anybody that did it, Me but either. I've heard good things about that. So, you know, but I think being 
being being physically fit is going to make a difference because your your muscles get stiff mm-hmm. and your joints get stiff. Mm-hmm. So if you're stretching, I think yoga is a great thing. I think, but I also think you need to get an elevated heart rate, whether mm-hmm. it's riding a bike or going on a really really brisk walk or running or whatever. Well, and I mean that just brings up another point. I mean, if you're exercising and you're taking good care of yourself and you're eating well, you probably feel better naked. Right. Right. Which I'm sure deeply affects our libidos. It does, you know, especially mm-hmm. for women. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I um, was was going to say is that women, ha- we have such body image issues, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, no matter how you exercise, you know, the thighs are going to change. Yeah. The knees are going to change yeah. a little bit. My knees and, are already changing. Yeah. <laughs> It's a it's sad happening. day, isn't it's it? Just, when it's you a notice sad day that when your knees change. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yes. It is. It's like, oh I know, I know. But you know, but I think that that women have a hard time feeling sexy. And I used to uh, I worked at Timberlawn at the mental hospital for a while and there was this woman with whom I worked who was really cool. She had big, bratty big blonde hair, which, you know, I'm from Lubbock, so I'm always kind of a fan of that. I always want to do it. But um, but she, and she was not thin. I mean, I, it, I would probably look at her and think she could stand to lose, you know, 30 pounds. In her mind, she was so sexy. And she talked about when they would go to the beach, she would wear a little bikini bathing suit, and she always tucked her shirt in when she was at work and she just had this image of herself as being a really sexy woman and what a lot of us will do is we'll associate our sexual the man's sexual desire for us with really thin and perfectly toned mm-hmm. especially in Dallas you know you get mm-hmm. a lot of that around here you've got yeah, women you that are very, very fit and very mm-hmm. skinny. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but it but if it starts to mess with your mind when you start the normal aging process, mm-hmm. then you really want to look at that because there's no reason why people cannot continue to have an active sex life, you know, for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. When my father died, he was like 79. And when we were cleaning out his drawers, he had Viagra in his drawers. So, you know, <laughs> In his not in his underwear, in his drawer, in his cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was really cool because we were all like, "Oh, that's so cool that my mom and dad continued to have a sex life Mm -hmm. way into the later years." So I think that body image thing for women is something to really look at. And I'll tell women, I'll say, "Go buy some really sexy lingerie," and and because men. It, that that's for them. Men would like that too, but but it's for them. And you know, what I one time I asked my husband, I said, "So when you look at the back of my thighs, is that gross to you? Because they're a little different." And he goes, "I've never noticed." So we think that men look at us mm. like through a magnifying glass and try to pick us apart. But I think I don't think most men do that mm. because I think men just like sex. Mm. And so they can get around that a little easier than we can get around That's our own so, body image. And I wouldn't, if you weren't telling me that, I don't know that I would believe that. Right. Right. Um, but I do, I mean, I think, I think what you're saying is such good advice. And, and I think, I mean, what came to my mind when you were talking is fake it till you make it. Because I think that the, if yes. men see and we feel, 
this confidence in us, even if you are just, okay, but talking yourself into the fact that you have an amazing body, that you are worth having sex with, that you yeah. are sexy in this lingerie, and you feel so good about yourself. I mean, it is all in your mind. It is absolutely in your mind. And, and I men think, lo- love confidence. I, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. They really do. That's mm-hmm. so attractive to them. And I think it's important that women, when it comes to sex, we can fake ourselves into wanting it. Mm. You know, when when women are like, oh, I'm so tired, I don't want to do that. And then they start to think about it and the connection that they feel after that. The only part of sex I don't want people faking is, a, is an orgasm, mm-hmm. you know, because I think there are ways that you can. I so agree with that. Yeah, yeah, you can achieve an orgasm. A lot of women don't have orgasms when they have intercourse, although a lot do. Mm-hmm. But there what are. What percent uh, do and don't? Do you know? You know, I don't know what that mm-hmm. is. My mm-hmm. guess is 50-50. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we want, we can fake ourselves into believing that we are sexy. And if your husband is one, a lot of women will stand around at a cocktail party and complain about how often their husband wants to have sex. And I always think, girl, that's a good thing, Mm -hmm. you know, because it means he's attracted to you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the biggest compliment. Yeah, I do too. Mm -hmm. But there are other things that can affect libido, like medications. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of SSRIs will... What's what's that? That's... that's what a lot of people take for depression okay. or anxiety, and that can affect it. Um, the, uh, you know, things that are used for enlarged prostate, birth control pills can lower hormones or change hormones. Uh, Propatia, Benadryl, some antihistamines can do that. Mm. Um, you know, it's interesting. A One of the things that can do that is marijuana. And so people don't really think that, but because marijuana typically is a depressant for people, it can really affect somebody's libido as well. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of important to be mindful because there's even the medical marijuana, even that amount of the THC, which is the part of marijuana that makes you high, that can affect a sex life. It can lower, it can just lower libido, which is when we talk about affecting a sex life, that's what it is, you know. Women have a little bit of an advantage because we can be sexual with a lower libido, whereas a, a very low libido for men can affect their erection. Mm. And so, so women can kind of get away with it. Yeah, we can mm-hmm. get away with it mm-hmm. a little easier. It's why it's very hard for men to fake an orgasm, mm. you know. Right. And so, um, but what's interesting is like seizure medication that can interrupt the impulses from the brain that stimulates a body response. And an orgasm is really similar to a seizure in that the sensory input triggers a body response. So that so can affect it. Um, opioids, beta blockers, benz- uh, benzodiazepines, Valium, Xanax, all of those things can really affect your libido. So so that's the medical part of it. Mm-hmm. So what I always tell people is, you know, make sure and check with your doctor when you're on medication. If, you, if you're noticing a lowering of libido, mm-hmm. talk with your doctor about it and see if, they, if there's something you can do about that. Mm-hmm. Because we don't always have to live with that. They might be able to lower the dosage just a little bit, or you might be able to take something that could help that, like some of the, you know, the uh, erectile dysfunctional medicines that are pretty good now, too, for men. So, it, you know, you don't have to just be exactly where you are. Mm. You know, as you're talking about um, 
low libido. I'm I'm thinking about um, if you're having sex with someone who is on medication and it deeply, let's just say, it deeply affects their desire. Right. I imagine that there is a lot of shame involved for both parties. Right. Because the one who can't or doesn't really have a desire um, probably doesn't initiate it that much, probably doesn't want it that much. And then there's the person on the other side who probably, whose libido, let's say, is not affected. And they're probably wondering, why doesn't he or she want me? Takes takes it personally. Yes. That's why it's so important to talk about that. Mm. You know, for a man to be able to say to his partner, his wife, to say, you know what, it seems to me that your desire is really lowered. Is there anything I could do that would make that better for you? Mm. And for the men to be really sensitive about the woman's body. You know, again, men are visually stimulated. Women are not. They are stimulated by stimulation. And Mm. so it's really important that there's an adequate amount of petting that goes on. And like we talked about before, you know, sex for women and a higher libido starts long before mm-hmm. they get into the bed or mm-hmm. wherever. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that you can change locations. I mean, you can, you know, make a pallet on the floor, or mm-hmm. anything that's going to make it kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But I think that if people will put words to those things and be able to say, you know, like if let's say a man is having some difficulty with his erection, then for the woman to say, hey, I just want you to know that I, I, this doesn't matter to me. Mm. I love you, mm. and I want it to be okay. And there are other things that we can do. There's a whole sundry of toys that people can get to, you know, kind of helps with some stimulation. Mm-hmm. A lot of women will say, "I don't have uh, uh, have an orgasm when I'm when I'm." actually having intercourse, but with a toy or something, they can do that with, and their husband can do that for them. So there's all sorts of ways around it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't talk about it, then what people are going to do is they're going to hold on to that shame Mm -hmm. and they're going to build a resentment or start to think that I'm not desirable to them. And then, you know, some people look outside of the marriage mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. kick, you know, mm-hmm. that extra crazy. To be desired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the beginning phase of relationship, all the, all that brain chemistry is going crazy. Mm-hmm. So, but, but there's absolutely no reason why people cannot have a sex life with or even without actual intercourse mm-hmm. that can be satisfying and be connecting. So in in my opinion, the purpose for intercourse is when you're through having babies is that you feel the connection with your partner. Mm-hmm. The the actual release, which is the orgasm, is great. There's been some research that says that people who continue to have intercourse and have orgasms live longer, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting, mm-hmm. you know, but it's but it's more about how you feel as a couple. Mm-hmm. You know, and may, I mean that speaks to me. Yeah, I, I, that's so easy to to believe. Yeah, yeah, and you want that. You want to maintain that connection. Does the desire, like, does being de- as a woman, all, all I can only speak for myself. I love being desired. Right, and and um, it, it's easy to see when you're in a relationship. Right, you know, when you're having sex. 
if you are being desired. How important is that? I mean, is that normal for, no, I hate, do most typical. women, is that typical? <laughs> do most women love to be desired and do, and do men want or need to be desired to the degree that women do? Yes. Yes, yes, to both of them. Mm. Men want to be desired every bit as much as women want to be desired. They just don't really talk about it as Mm. much. Mm. But a man, I mean, think about it. Men are, their ego has so much to do with their drive and ambition and their success and their accomplishments. And for them to feel that their wife desires connection on a physical plane with them is men love it. They, you know, the that's what we talked about, the dutiful sex thing. Mm-hmm. Men men do not like dutiful sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll take it if mm-hmm. that's all they can get, mm-hmm. but they don't, li- they don't like it. And a lot of men are really horrified once they hear their wife say, well, I just do it because just to kind of get him off my back. Mm-hmm. What? Well, that would be There's that's nothing loving. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, women along those same lines, and this really doesn't have a lot to do with sex, but women love to be told we're beautiful and yes. you look so nice and God, you smell so good. And um, and I think, well, it does play into sex because it is being desired. Do men also want and need that to the degree that women do? I think men, maybe not quite to the degree that women do, but I think what men really thrive on is being appreciated. Mm. And for women to say, you know, I just want you to know I appreciate how hard you work or how sweet you are to the children or I appreciate how you always tell me that I look pretty. And so I think that that appreciation level is probably it probably surpasses that for men Mm. but both people like both things you we can't be too kind to our partner so true and and encouraging and grateful Mm -hmm. just gratitude Mm -hmm. i don't you know i when um in my first marriage i remember thinking after i got a divorce and and later on i remember thinking i don't i didn't I don't remember telling my first husband how much I appreciated how hard he worked. Mm. And that was a that was a regret for me. I actually mm. made amends about that to him. And so I really try to be mindful of my husband now and to tell him how much I appreciate him. It's great advice. Yeah. It's really it good. Will really well, it's, help. it's all connected. It is. And it is really all connected. Yeah. It is. It is. So what else about the libido do well, we need to know? Uh, low self-esteem, fatigue. We've kind of talked about that. Uh, alcohol, menopause, uh, like HIV, kidney disease, cancer. The body goes into a survival mode, and so it does not pay as much attention to the non-survival functions like production of testosterone and sperm. So Under all those... Yeah, that can happen. Mm. And so if people are ill and their body has kicked in to try to fight off the infection or to Mm -hmm. fight off the disease, then the... Or the alcohol. Yeah, (laughs) there's just not much left Mm. for that. And so an understanding of that with your partner, if your partner is undergoing any of these things, Mm -hmm. is going to be really helpful. Because... What's, what we can do if we're mindful of it is we can enhance our relationship even when we say no, even when we say I don't really want to do it or I'm not in the mood. If we say, you know, I want you to know that I'm, 
I'm too tired. I just can't do it. But I also want you to know that I love you and I appreciate you. And I'm Mm. so grateful to be married to you. (laughs) So then it makes it easier. People don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. You know, we walk around a lot taking just about everything everybody does personally. It's called egocentricism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're thinking we're the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. I remember going into the CVS years ago before I knew all this stuff, and the CVS checkout lady would be in a bad mood, and I would just be furious at her. (laughs) I took it personally, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, who knows what's going on in her life. So learning boundaries, which... That could be another show, yeah. <laughs> but but is about learning is learning that people what what's going on with people affects us affects us, but it's not really about us. Mm-hmm. So then that helps get us to have compassion mm-hmm. and understanding with our partner, no matter what is going on with them. So, so we can good. hear the no and also present the no in a way that is non-offensive in a loving, kind, good. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really hard to hear something negative when when you're saying something loving and kind and positive. It is. I mean, it really is. Not going to interpret those things wrong, right? And and we really want to be listened to. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the number one thing in a relationship. We want to be heard. And so when we're gentle with that, it doesn't. So the lack of sex, let's say for several weeks, if somebody's sick or something, does not need to affect the relationship in a negative way. What is a healthy sex life? <laughs> That's such a funny question because everybody, you know, guys want to hear like 10 times a week, <laughs> a lot of times. It'd be really healthy for me if we could have sex. <laughs> yeah, that'd times. be good. I say that. If a couple has sex twice a week, I think that's a re- I think that's a good sex life. I think that going on a vacation, a lot of people will have a they find a real increase in their libido and their desire for one another. And I do tell couples, I think you should plan a vacation, even if it's like a three night away, even if you stay in Dallas mm-hmm. and just get a babysitter, mm-hmm. but every quarter. Mm-hmm. Because it's interesting, when people are on vacation, they tend to have much more sex. Mm-hmm. A lot of couples that will have sex once a week will be on a vacation, and they'll have it twice a day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm writing so- all this down. This is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin just got engaged. <laughs> That's so hysterical. Good. Good. This is good info. <laughs> it is. Good. So, you know, it's uh, that that will make a huge difference in your relationship. And I think you need to budget for it. Mm-hmm. Because those, those moments when nobody's thinking about work and nobody's exceedingly tired, those are going to be the moments that your sex life takes a real boost and there'll be a residual effect in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So it, it carries over mm-hmm. to where you're ju- that, that connected feeling can last months yeah. as a result of those experiences. And if you're doing it once a quarter... You know, then that's that's a good recipe. Yeah, four I mean, times a year. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's twice a, as that's... much as the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know? great. That's great advice. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Okay, I would love to talk um, about uh, pornography okay. and um, strip clubs and things that stimulate people outside of their partner. And um, and I know this is a sensitive subject for right. a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Right. Um, so let's let's just dive right into that. Okay. I I think that what what's what has to be present is transparency. Mm. Because if a woman finds out 
you know, by seeing a receipt or something that mm. the, her husband or partner's been to baby dolls, mm-hmm. then she's going to feel betrayed. Mm-hmm. There's just no way around it. Mm-hmm. And I, so people have to determine what is their policy going to be mm-hmm. around that. Mm-hmm. I will hear women every now and then say, you know, I don't care where they get their appetite as long as they come home for dinner. And which is so funny. But I don't I would never say that. No, I know. <laughs> I would not either. But I don't so I'm not sure that I buy that mm-hmm. as I mean I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But I do think that you need to talk about it mm-hmm. because because men are visually stimulated. Mm-hmm. They and, you know, I, we were talking before we started, and I'll repeat it, is that, you know, when people go in for some infertility testing and a man needs to masturbate, then they will, um, there'll be playboys or videos or something in the room so the man can become stimulated and mm-hmm. ejaculates mm-hmm. for the testing. Mm-hmm. So, so I do think that masturbation is a really normal part of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that if a man is going to masturbate, typically, I think they, I haven't surveyed this, but I think they want to look at something, but couples need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are a lot of women that will stumble across mm-hmm. a stream of pornography mm-hmm. on their husband's computer, and they had no idea. Mm-hmm. The thing about pornography that is really funky right now is our world it, with computers and iPads and phones is the amount of pornography that you can get online is absolutely insane. Mm. You can connect with women like, um, oh, the word, like audiovisually, right. and they, they can talk to you about it. I just heard about this. Somebody, <clears throat> one of my friends caught their husband with webcams. There's like webcams yeah, that you can... Wo- and I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, where you can be visually stimulated with another woman. Right. So Right it, there, who's looking at you. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole world around that has progressed from Playboy to this entire scenario mm-hmm. of possibilities. Mm-hmm. And what happens, and this is kind of a heads up to men, if your wife or partner stumbles across it, mm-hmm. it is going to be devastating Mm -hmm. to them and has the potential of ruining the relationship. So before Tom and I got married, I said to him, look, here are my deal breakers. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm not okay with you going to strip clubs. Mm -hmm. I'm not okay with crazy internet sex or Mm -hmm. pornography. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't, I'm not okay if you're out with your friends and you're, or at a concert or something and I'm not okay with you dancing with another woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay with you kissing another woman. Mm-mm. So that we understand that. <laughs> Absolutely. And, 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 and vice versa for men to do with women. So that we, we're not, if that happens, we know that that's a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. You know, at least for me, I would not be able to stay in the marriage because trust is the very, very foundation of the relationship. And once that's jackhammered up, then you're in trouble. It's hard to get that back. And so for men who, men have been told through 
for years that it all of it is okay mm-hmm. because they justify that by testosterone. And so I think that it's it is really important that men take a good hard soul searching mm-hmm. inventory of those sort of behaviors. What can also happen and I do want to mention this really quickly is that you can build a tolerance. So that so that means like excessive masturbation for men and women you have to have more and more and more to be able to have the same ejaculation or mm-hmm. orgasm around it. Women can actually toughen the clitoris a little bit by too much of that. So so you want to be mindful of all of that because it's, really it's such an important part of your relationship. So interesting. You know, I um, I counsel, I'm, I get to marry people, Yeah, and which yeah. is so much fun. But yeah. one of the things that you have to do if I'm going to marry you is you have to go through seven six to eight weeks of premarital counseling. And one right. one of the things, um, and so much of this I've learned from you, but I've built this curriculum um, based on on my wins and fails in my marriage and relationships. Right, right. But one of the things that I, I bring up is when we have, we talk about sex and I say, I don't need to know. I don't want you to have this conversation in front of me. Right. Um, right, but right. I really want you to have a conversation. Have you talked about pornography? Have you talked about what the line? Are you allowed to text people? Um, text other girls? Are you allowed? What is your line with all of it? With right. people outside? Are, are, are you allowed to um, be emotionally involved with? You know, right. have a best friend who's someone of the opposite sex. Um, are you, are you okay with him going to bachelor parties where you're, the, the boys are going to go to the strip club? Because that happens all the time. It does. And one of the things that I do, I'll say to people that, you know, if you, if you've had a sexual relationship with somebody, you don't get to text them. I actually tell people to delete them from their phone. Hmm. Because you, if you're if you're heck, maintaining an emotional relationship with an old girlfriend, mm-hmm. then you're emotionally take your part of your emotional energy is going to that person. Mm-hmm. And so I have some. Pre- I mean, men are, are and women too, but mainly men. They are not happy when they've got like a hundred old con- girl contacts. <laughs> I'm like, nope, erase. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's okay of if course. they want to be friends with somebody as long as it's a couple friendship. The the and so if the, like if an old girlfriend wants to schedule dinner, she needs to go through the wife. So then you just have really clean boundaries around this. Yes. It's the ambiguity yes. that gets people emotionally off center with their relationship. Uh, total transparency. Yeah. Totally yeah, transparent. I mean, exactly. If, if you have any secrets in your relationship or your marriage, that is a huge red right. flag. And if you can't come forward and say, "Hey, so and so texted me," right. or "or so and so reached out to me," or "I'm I've been looking at pornography," I mean, you have total transparency. Well, and you don't. You know, I say I don't need to know everything about everything my husband has ever done. Right. I don't need I don't the details of past relationships. Right. It's in the present. Mm-hmm. that I want that transparency. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing is ogling, or I think it's pronounced ogling, you know, when you like eyeing a woman mm-hmm. up and down or something mm-hmm. like that, and that's a loss of sexual energy, and the, your, the partner's going to feel that. Oh, yeah. And that's not okay either. 
so you taught me this um, in a session that uh, where I was talking with you about this, um, and and it, you use the word sexual oozing. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we ooze sexuality, mm-hmm. or we don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have to, but right. when we are dressing sexy or we're showing our boobs or a guy is looking at another woman as she's walking by the table or on a beach or whatever, that is sexual oozing and that is painful. It is painful. For our partners. Well, and it's not, you know, if I, if, if a beautiful woman walks through a bar that Tom and I are having a drink or something, I will notice her. Of course. But it's the lingering. Mm-hmm. That's when you start to ooze it. We're going to notice good-looking men. We're going to notice good-looking women. Right. But it's the losing of that oozing, icky mm-hmm. energy. We know and, when that changes. Yeah, and we feel, it, we feel mm-hmm. betrayed. Mm-hmm. We do yeah. feel betrayed. And I think going back to pornography and strip clubs and you know, lap dances, I mean, I just... There's no way that I, I, I could not, it would be very difficult for me to believe if a, uh, if a friend of mine said, well, I don't care if my husband mm-hmm. gets a lap dance. I mean, he comes home to me and he's, mm-hmm. he's a great husband. He's a great provider. And mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I don't know how that is not betrayal. Well, and I, I think that the really damaging part of that is, is that it will affect the woman's desire for the man. Mm. That's a really important thing to say. Yeah. It certainly would for me. Sure. I mean, I don't want to share my bed. No, with you would typically shut that porn part stars. of yourself down. You no, know, I true. just don't. Yeah. I, I can't. I don't want to compete with that. I don't, right. I don't hang from chandeliers and my boobs do not look like that. <laughs> 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 I promise you that. <laughs> um, okay. I think, um, and this is just my opinion or how I would look at it in my relationship. If I was... I mean, any any person that I've even dated and, you know, dated, 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 I've asked, like, do you look at pornography? I mean, mm-hmm. I just want to know. Mm-hmm. And I, I usually ask before I know I could really get my heart broken mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if that is something that they enjoy or they want to engage in or they love or do – I don't want to date them. Right. Um, right. Because for me, strip clubs and, and pornography and all of that, that feels like cheating mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, well, and it's good that you know that mm-hmm. and that you can verbalize that mm-hmm. because it's not, I mean, I don't really care what couples do if they agree upon right. something and if it's transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to judge them because right. they might do something that I wouldn't do. Sure. Of but I think the conversation does need to be Transparency. Had. Mm-hmm. Um, really do. So there's, there's, you know, some people will, will hear me say that I think that that's cheating. Be like, well, she's ridiculous. That's okay. But then there is cheating, and right. so let's let's just spend a few minutes on. And I, I mean, we could do a whole thing, and we right. probably should. Right. Um. But let's talk for a few minutes about cheating because I imagine that a lot of people have found themselves on your couch, um, because. They, they or their partner, got caught. Right. And right. so, walk us through, walk us through what it is like to be on the front lines of a couple who's going through that. Well, it is devastatingly painful for people, and the the shame that the 
person who cheated experiences is actually very, very, very devastating to them, too. Mm. And the, you know, I... I personally would not be able to stay in a marriage if my partner cheated, but I but but some people do, and I never ever tell people what to, to leave. No, mm-hmm. never. Mm-hmm. And some people work it out, and they are able to maintain their relationship. But it is so the pain is so vast. I always say it's easier if somebody actually dies because that because of the betrayal around it and it's hard once that that trust is blasted out for it to recoagulate and i mean i'll tell the person who cheated in order for your trust to be rebuilt in the relationship you cannot lie about anything if you have a hamburger and your wife says did you have onions on it and you say no and she goes out and sees a mcdonald's package and there's a tiny onion in it She's not, it blows it all up again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that, and I I do think that that cheating is a shame-based behavior. I really do. So I understand and can have compassion for the person that cheats. I Mm -hmm. think that there's a lot of times somebody that cheats has a sex addiction Mm -hmm. and that needs to be treated and, um, and they're not used, they're avoidant. They are conflict avoidant. They don't want to talk about things and all of that. And so I think there's some underlying issues in the marriage. The marriage could be broken, but nobody ever causes somebody else to cheat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's someone cheats. Let's say a guy cheats because he unzips his pants. Mm-hmm. The wife being sexual or not does not cause him to cheat. If the wife isn't sexual, that's an issue in the marriage, and that needs to be addressed either with some help or between the two of them. But people have to take ownership of their own behavior, and women will feel guilty sometimes if their partner cheats, and vice versa. This flips both ways. Right. And because they feel like they, it's their fault. You know, that was one of, we did a conference together yeah. a few years ago, and that was probably one of the most profound things that you said. We had this Q&A part mm-hmm. where this girl stood up and said, my husband cheated on me, and I um, I don't remember how she, but she, she said, said he tells me that it's my, my fault. fault. Uh-huh. Is that what it was? And you I mean, you did not hesitate. <laughs> and you're like, oh, really? Did you unzip his pants? Did you pull oh, out his right. penis? And I was like, right on. Like, yeah. because I, I mean, I have been in relationships where I have been che- been cheated on. And, and you do. You, the first thing that you do as, and, and maybe the men do it as well, is, oh, my God, like, I got to lose weight. I got to fight. I got to get a boob. I got to get big boobs. I've got to be sexier. I've got, I've got to stop talking about the kids so much. I've got to, you, I should have, I should. Oh, Mm -hmm. and the, and, and I, I mean, I remember crying when you said that because there's such a release like, Oh wait, maybe this wasn't my fault. And it's, the the stuff going on in your marriage, you take a part in, but right. you did not unzip his pants. Right. And you did not take off her shirt. I mean, That's you right. know. That's right. That's you, right. It's not your fault. And that is such a profound thing to hear when you have, when someone has cheated on you. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it really is. It's really important. I read or I listened to a podcast as I was driving home from Austin this week, and um, it was all about relationships. And I can't remember who the doctor was that was talking, but he said, and, and it'll be interesting to get your perspective on this. He said that um, 
in his study of relationships and infidelity, he there was a study done that showed um, that many people who have been cheated on suffer from PTSD to such a degree, like a war veteran, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like someone who's been to war. They have mm-hmm. such triggers. They have such trauma. They ha- And those, I mean, so what he treats for his patients who are coming into him who have been cheated on, he treats PTSD. Sure. Sure. Do you see that as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the the degree of devastation Mm. that happens emotionally. Mm. And it is a very long lingering sort of PTSD, Mm. you know, and the, because you're the person that you trusted the, for the most in this human world Mm -hmm. has betrayed you. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, I was, I'll just confess, I was in your office yesterday as a, as a client, and you know, just crying, crying yeah. about the pain that I still—I mean, I feel it from my past, and um, right. you know, my dad cheated. I've had people cheat on me, and and I mean, I just—I am—I am still dealing with the like. I don't trust. I have a hard time. Um, I'm if if I'm on a date with someone and they're looking at their phone, <clears throat> it's yeah. hard for me not to think what, I mean, I just have so many triggers. Well, and what that will do is it'll set you up for seeking perfectionism in a partner. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to exist. There are certain things that for sure, I mean, I tell people, leave your phone sitting up, mm-hmm. you know, don't, you know, just make it easy for people to trust. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our behaviors will do that, but it is, it's a long lasting thing because it's sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's another thing that will really affect libido that we haven't talked about was the, is if any, if any of you have experienced any sort of sexual abuse, if you're a rape, if you had uh, experienced rape, if you've experienced incest or um, other forms of sexual abuse, then that can make a huge difference in your sex life because you'll have some emotional energy around that. We, when people are abusive, they 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 don't contain their energy. So if it's sexual abuse, they don't contain their sexual energy, and the and the victim, the recipient of that, whether it's a child or an adult, sucks in their their uh, their. Um, violator shame and then when they get in the bedroom with their partner they'll have some shame exposure some PTSD from that Mm -hmm. and it can really affect your sex life but there are things that you can do around that that can make that much 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 better so if you do have that what you'll feel is you'll feel kind of creepy sometimes if your partner tries to touch you Mm -hmm. and that's a that can be a sign that that you're having a relive a PTSD emotional experience around the predator of the past I've never thought of um, cheating as sexual abuse. It is. That's really good, Janice. Yeah. Do you, I'm sure, like you said, you have seen so many couples, I'm sure, who've gone through this. Have you, do you believe that you can really come, or or what, I guess, I'm sure you believe that people can come back from that. But what, what does that require? What does that take? For somebody, for a couple to come back from that, it takes absolute, consistent trust behaviors where my words and my behavior are congruent. That's what trust is. And it takes 
time and people have to talk about it because people will sometimes three years later say, you know, I woke up this morning and I just feel so angry about what happened three years ago. And rather than the person say, well, get over it or whatever, the person who, you know, cheated needs to be able to say, I know, I know that this is hard for you and I can hear it in your voice and I want you to know that I hate it and I'm sorry, you know, and then with time, you know, I do have a, I do have some couples who one of the partners cheated and they appear to have a really good marriage right now. So, but it's difficult. It's really, really difficult. I imagine yeah. that it is. So just don't cheat. Yeah. You know, go if you're if you're thinking about it, have yeah. a conversation about it. You know, if you're a guy and your wife isn't having enough sex, sit down and say, "Hey, you know what? I really I'm I'm just really frustrated about our sex life. I mean, mm-hmm. the thought has crossed my mind that maybe I should go somewhere else, but I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So can we come up with some sort of plan? Can we schedule sex once a week? I don't know what it is, but cheating is Definitely not the answer. It will bite you in the booty. Yeah, and you you, know? you will get caught. You will get caught. You will get eventually. Caught. Yeah, mm-hmm. the ways the people get caught are really interesting, but they do. Oh, I think I think God. I do too. Per- well, I think God is truth, and I think mm-hmm. the truth sets us free, and mm-hmm. I think we will know what we need to know when we need to know it. Amen. So, yeah. Amen. I so agree with that. Um, so the couples who don't make it, the couples who can't come back from it do you see that they can eventually be okay even if they don't they're not together in regards to the behavior or they can be okay with other people okay with other people yeah I think they can Mm -hmm. you know but that again that takes a lot of work too it's a constant sort of reminder that not everybody cheats and that you know there are people who think that oh all men cheat Mm -hmm. they don't Mm -hmm. you know and so but it takes it takes time and it takes a willingness to see the next person as somebody that is not the old person. That's really hard to do. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, um, I'm, I mean, I'm not a proponent of divorce. I think it's very, very, very painful for everybody. I did it and, and it was the best decision for me. But I do think that divorce is an option. And so it's... You know, if you've if you've gotten a divorce once, then and you didn't it it didn't kill you, then you know if that happened again that you're not going to die. So you know you ask your so rather than being paranoid about somebody cheating on you again, you just think you know what I have an option. If that's a deal breaker for me, and if I've expressed that to my partner, and my partner chooses to do that, then I'll I'll get out again. Mm-hmm. You know, so you so you realize it's not going to be devastating, and that'll keep you from being Sherlock Holmes and trying to know, try to figure it all out too soon. Yeah. But we just don't know. Yeah. I mean, I hear it. control. No, and I hear it all day long. People cheat. So, you know, I mean, I think my husband would be the last person on the world to cheat, but he could. Mm-hmm. So I Everybody's just... Everybody's capable. Yeah. I just know that if he did, I would be gone. And then, you know, that's not going to kill me either. I would mm-hmm. feel sad for sure mm-hmm. and feel betrayed. But looking at it from an adult perspective instead of a child perspective mm-hmm. in that I... I can live without this person. I can live without anybody. Basically, I don't want to, mm-hmm. but I could survive. Mm-hmm. The only, in my belief system, the only thing, the only relationship we absolutely need, essentially, in order to feel joy, is my spiritual relationship. Mm, I so, and, and you know what? If if you have deep seated roots um, there, then I do. I do believe you. You can have the confidence, even though it's scary and it's. 
and it's painful and it's sad and all of that, um, you will be okay. You will. You will be okay. You will. Well, Janice, we could sit here and talk for <laughs> forever about all of this. And, um, and it, it's all so helpful. It's all, it's hard. I mean, for people who are listening, whether it's libido or pornography or, um, strip clubs or, or, or you're, you just found out that your partner's cheating or you're thinking about cheating. I mean, I think there's such good advice here. I think the, one of the best things that you said, um, is transparent. Well, first, first best thing you mm -hmm. said is don't cheat. Uh -huh. <laughs> like just don't, don't, don't just do it. Don't do and it. I, oh, I loved your advice. I loved what you said. Just talk about it. You know, I tell my couples that I'm counseling, um, if you see some, if you're tempted by a woman in your office, the best thing that you can do is go home and tell your wife. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a wife, when he tells you that, try really hard to not get mad. Right. <laughs> because right. he is being very vulnerable and transparent and honest. I mean, there's a whole, like, you got to talk about it. Well, and I think that if somebody is tempted, then there's some issues in the marriage. And I think those are the things that need to be brought up. Right. You know, right. it's okay for people to say, you know what, this is kind of annoying me, or this isn't working for me, or I need more of this, or I need less of this. <laughs> it's the most valuable relationship you can have on this planet. And so yeah. it's important that you feel emotionally safe enough to talk about just about anything. I always say, you, I want you to be able to talk about anything and everything, but I want you to be very careful careful about the way you say it. Oh, that might be the best advice <laughs> of all. I mean, it's true. I, if, mm -hmm. if you're talking about all of this stuff with your partner, with your husband, with your wife, that you cannot lose. Right. You cannot lose. Right. You can't. And so that's, that's probably the best remedy of all. I mean, if, if your libido is low and you've got shame around it, talk about it. If, if your desire has gone down, and you feel bad about it if their desire has gone down and you feel better talk about it right if if you don't like that they look at pornography talk about it that's right and um and if you're if you're thinking about going outside of your marriage or your relationship talk about it right and just get to the bottom of it before all that pain and if you can't if you're not comfortable about talking about that that thought that's run across your brain about cheating. If you're not comfortable talking about your partner with that, talk to somebody else about mm -hmm. it. Talk to a therapist or talk mm -hmm. to your minister mm -hmm. so that you get that out of your brain. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Get it out. Yeah. Get it yeah. out. Janice, thank you. You're thank welcome. you again. I've I can't loved it. I can't wait for the next time. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. It is so fun to have you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> 